0: Well, do you love a good mystery? Yes. Yeah? Uh, my, my wife's very keen on mysteries. Uh, she, she's always watching murder mysteries, which is a bit worrying. And um, to, to, to me, um, I, I think life holds enough mystery itself without needing other people's murder mysteries. Um, you know, why, how, when, who... All of these questions uh, come up in life all the time, don't they? And there's a mystery, because there, was always, there will always be a mystery to life. But, I, but I'm kind of referring back, remembering back to my teenage years when my favourite television programme of the time, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, had the infamous Penguin sketch... And if you recall the, the penguin sketch, there were two old ladies who were sitting looking at the television, which had a penguin on top of it. And in the midst of their discussion, uh, they were, one of them said uh, about Dr. Bronowski, he knows everything. And the other one said, uh, oh, I wouldn't like that. It would take the mystery out of life, wouldn't you? Uh, if you knew everything it would take the mystery out of life. And uh, I'm actually quite happy that there is a certain amount of mystery in life because there are some things I don't want to know. They're a mystery. But there are other things I do want to know. And uh, we've had a number of readings tonight, so thank you to everyone who's, who's read so beautifully for us. Uh, and the first one started right back in the Old Testament passages. Uh, the first passage was from Isaiah chapter 40 which was probably written something like 700 years B.C. And um, in that passage, it starts with the the words, comfort my people, comfort my people. It's a passage that looks forward to a new time when there will be comfort and restoration because the people of Israel at that time were facing exile. They'd been evicted from their country by an invader and uh, they... They've lost everything. They've lost their homeland. They've lost their, uh, their t- famous temple. Uh, and uh, therefore, they would have been crying out, why? Why has this happened to us? Uh, what's happened? How has this come about? And, and what's more, when? When will it all be put right? When will things be better again? So it looks forward to somebody who will come and say, prepare the way for the Lord. Isaiah says, someone will come shouting in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. And then the next reading from Jeremiah. Jeremiah often uh, thought of as the prophet of doom and gloom. And indeed, there is much doom and gloom in the, in the book of uh, Jeremiah, as there is in our news, as Adrian's already intimated in his prayers Uh, But this passage in Jeremiah looks forward, looks back to the covenant promises of God. The promises that were made to King David. Uh, And the promise is this, there will always be a king on the throne in David's line. And yet the people are saying, well that's not true, because actually um, we're now in exile, we've lost our king. Surely that dynasty has come to the end. He says there'll always be a priest who can offer sacrifices before God. And they say, well, that's that's difficult as well because we've lost our temple. We haven't got our temple, our priest, our king. uh, We're, you know, woe is me, basically. But Jeremiah reminds them of the promises of God that one day all of those things will be restored. But it's a mystery. How will this be? Uh, When will this be? Who will come? and restore all these things that have been taken away. And that's where we come to our New Testament reading uh, of John chapter 1, which Yanis uh, read beautifully for us earlier. Uh, now, if you are going to be watching tomorrow afternoon, you'll probably be uh, listening on the radio, the lesson of Nine uh, nine Lessons and Carols, the service from King's College, in its hundredth year of that service. And I can almost guarantee... That towards the end, someone will get up and say, St. John unfolds the mystery of the incarnation. Yep. Is that right? And then they go on to read that passage from John and uh, they'll read it in the King James Version and I'm sure some people think at the end, really? Did that unfold the mystery? Or did the mystery just deepen as I listened to that rather difficult piece of scripture? Well, that passage, which was read in a more modern translation here, is the, what's called the prologue to John's Gospel, the opening uh, overture, if you like, to the Gospel. Uh, it's John's version of the Christmas story, but you'll notice there were no shepherds. Uh, there were no wise men. Uh, there's not even a manger or a Mary and a Joseph. in uh, in John's version of that opening of the Christmas story. But it is a superb piece of Greek literature which has gone down in history as one of the finest pieces of writing. Um, But it takes a form of a Greek mystery play. Now the Greeks love their mysteries and they love their mystery plays. Um, So it begins with this word, in the beginning was the word. It takes us right back to the opening line of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. It takes us back to the creation itself. And then it says, was the word. I wonder what that means to you if I said the word is here. Well, to the Greeks, the word would have been a kind of um, a guiding force, wisdom. The wisdom that holds all things together. You know, I used to have a colleague when I was teaching. And he would say to me, he said, "Oh, I'm not religious, but i I, I believe in the fundamental interconnectedness of all things." And I' just say, that's interesting, Peter. I, I call him God." So the Greeks would have thought this kind of force that's holding things together. when the, the, the Jews heard the word the, war, the word, they would think of the fact that God spoke in the beginning, God spoke, and it came to be. Right at the beginning, and then it goes on to talk about this word. It says who he was the word he was with God, and he was God. This mystery is getting deeper and deeper. This word that has spoken is with God, and it is actually God himself. Wow, the Greeks are really getting quite excited now on the edge of their seats, their popcorns falling out of their of their boxes. And it goes on to say that through him, through this word, all things were made. This is the word that spoke creation into being. And in him is life and light. Some things that we really need in our life today. These are the themes of John's gospel. Light and life, uh, to all people. And if you read John's Gospel, you'll see many, many references to light and life. But, he goes on to say, this light shines in the darkness. The light's not much good in light. I uh, actually switched off our Christmas lights outside before I came out because, uh, no, before lunchtime, because it was so light you couldn't see them. You know, we haven't got these mega lights. We've just got a nice little set of Wilco lanterns. But they're not much good in the daytime because they don't show up. But when you put them on at night, then you can see them. And um, John says, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Isn't that great? We've got a little bit of light in here. We've got the heaters. We've got some candles. Um, we've got some uh, available light, some, some electric light. Um, but you know, if we turned it all off, it would be pretty dark in this village without street lights but we only need one tiny little candle, and the light would shine through the room. Now the opposite doesn't happen, does it? Because if we had a, a light room and we had a box of darkness and opened the box of darkness, the room wouldn't become dark. Darkness can't overcome light, but light can overcome darkness. The mystery deepens. And now the play moves on to Act 2. Because the word has been the main character so far. It's all been about the word. And then in from the right of stage steps another person. A man. A man called John. And this man (laughs) steps in and they think maybe this is the person who is going to come. But no, this is a man sent from God, but he's not the light. He's only come as a witness to the light. We're talking about, of course, John the Baptist. And John is the one who fulfills that prophecy in Isaiah that there'll be a voice prepare, shouting in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord, which he did. Born six months before Jesus with his mother Elizabeth that you can read about in Luke 1, this man comes and he gets ready uh, for people to receive the word when he comes. And then the place which is back to the first character, back to the word. He was in the world, but they didn't recognize him. It's interesting. He was in the world for about 30 years before anyone really knew who he was. He came to his own people, the Jewish people, but they didn't receive him. But. John tells us to all who did recognize him, to all who receives him, he gives the right to become children of God. Is that something that you'd like actually to be children of God? Because he is the one, this word, who gives us the right to become. And then is the most shocking part of this mystery play. You know, there's been plays that have been put on in, in in England and back over the last century that have shocked people by their content. And this one shocks because it says, the word becomes flesh. This mystical word has become flesh, has become a human being. That would cause outrage. For the Greeks, they would not want... The spiritual world and the physical world to come together. These are separate things. For the Jews, the thought that the Holy God could be contaminated by becoming a man would be unthinkable. And to anyone who thinks logically, this kind of thing just doesn't happen. But this is at the heart of the mystery the Word has become flesh. And then John reveals the mystery. Now, those of us, we're living here in, in, the, in 2018, the last dregs of it. Uh, we've heard the story. We've heard all the readings. We know. We, we're shouting, you know, oh, the word, we know it is Jesus. But finally, John in verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God. But God, the one and only, has made him known. And that's what this is about. The mystery has been revealed, not by some clever philosopher, not by some deep theologian. The the mystery has been revealed by a baby in a manger. The word has become flesh. And this Jesus, born in the manger, when he grew up, he went out and started speaking, and he said some pretty profound things. He said, I am. And I am meant that he was identifying himself with God. He said, I am the light of the world. So this word that brings light is seen in Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the life is found in Jesus. The baby in the manger is God incarnate. In case you're wondering about this word incarnate, incarnate, uh, we had some very nice chilli con carne at the pub last week. Carne is meat. And so this means literally God has become meat. God with meat on. We can actually meet him because he is a human being. You see, um this is the the mystery has been revealed. Through this passage, uh, I hope I haven't made it any more mystified for you tonight, but the mystery is revealed in Jesus Christ, the word who has become flesh. But you're saying, as I would say, that life is still a mystery. There is still suffering. We've just heard about this dreadful tsunami. Uh, we've had a lot of suffering on our television screens throughout the year. There are still issues of life and death. And in our family, this Christmas, one member of our family uh, died last week. So this Christmas has, has affected us because, you know, there are issues of life and death which are still a mystery to us. But Jesus is the word that's become flesh. God visible and tangible. God has become a human. And it's that that is our clue to make sense of the mystery. To become a child of God, you come by believing and receiving the child in the manger. No one's ever seen God, but we can know Him. And my prayer is that this Christmas, whatever mystery you're facing in your life, whether it's something to do with relationships, health, uh, issues of work, uh, actually. We're saying, why has that happened? Uh, How are we going to get by? Uh, Who will help us? Might I suggest that you focus your gaze on Jesus, God with us, the baby in the manger, because he is the mystery unwrapped.